on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Bad delivery. Bad weekend for Facebook advertisers. Somebody better check on Greg. Twitter began removing blue check marks this weekend and then gave some back. YouTube ad revenue drops in the charts, but their newest ad unit will be music to your ears, if you're Gen Zer, that is. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock, just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO and analytics, social media and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. With new shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Butt. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on April 28th, 2023. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another fantastic episode. Greg Finn, what is new with you? Well, first off, last week, I had a great idea to poke holes in, and I went over to Instagram, at Marketing Clock on Instagram. Oh, God. And I recreated Drinkable Soup, got a lot of good feedback. I did not watch it. I could not. You didn't watch it. You don't know how many times like the story popped up on my phone and I had to close out. I wouldn't even click through. I I didn't even put like a disclaimer in. I just did it. It it was worth it for the face that he made. A lot. The first go around was a lot more chunky than I thought. Did you cook oh. the steak? Yes, I cooked. The I'm, steak. It was part of the story. I'll show you the the, the raw cut that I have here. Afterwards, That's gross. But thank you for everybody that was asking for recipes on how to do it. It was actually disgusting. It was a terrible idea. I could I tell by thing. your face. I, I could thing. tell by your face. Yes, I took a but steak and I turned it into a soup. That's was it disgusting. as filling as it would have been, like solid? There's a lot of onion, a lot of beans. Oh my god, I'm so upset. It was I'm so upset. The thing was, I <laughs> took a giant swig first, thinking I could drink it down, but you had to really you really were gonna chug chew the it thing? up. Oh. You had to chew it up. It was not a good idea. It's really upsetting to me. I did not watch. Do you want something more upsetting? What? So we're driving to go to a birthday party for. I was with my kids, and they. I'm like, you can pick whatever song you want to listen to, and of course. One of them goes, play the fart song. Because like, my, I, we talk about this. My kids pick disgusting things. And I'm like, all right, now you are completely done with saying fart into this Alexa or whatever it is. Like you say something else. And so my son goes and says, all right, ask Alexa to play fresh fart. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? <laughs> He's Probably like, it's one that's happened within that two soup. seconds. Oh. I'm like, no, no. What about you? Like, can you give me something good in the back there, girl? And she goes, tell it to play Butt Jenkins. <laughs> and I'm like about to crash the car. I'm like, what is Butt Jenkins? What are you talking about? What is I'm like, it? I need to know. And they're just like dying laughing in the back. <laughs> and they are like, it is your butt bones. <laughs> and so there you go. If you ever hurt your butt bones, it's mm. really you hurt your butt Jenkins. I kind of like that. I, yeah. I wish I had a reason to work that into everyday conversation. Like I, 
I'm the worst because I'm just like I laugh hysterically when you hear something like <laughs> disgusting like those two things. I don't think Butt Jenkins is disgusting. It's, it's just disc- a made up concept. It's very disgusting. So what it what what played? I I, I was going to commandeered ask. it. I think I played mm. like the best day ever by SpongeBob or something. I mean, like who let the dogs it. out? That's what Jack keeps asking me for, and I don't know who told him about this song. I'm not playing it for him. Well, I haven't really been sharing this journey a lot with people, but I've just been really, like, learned lately, and I've been reading a lot of books. Um, And I'm in a book club with Jill Fetcher from the Agency Scoop podcast here at Cypress North, and also my friend Jarrett from Virginia. And the specific genre we're interested in is Wives Who Kill Their Husbands. (laughs) Nothing else. So it's been really fun. Jill reads so fast, so it encourages me to read faster. I've got it on my Kindle, and I think it's really hilarious. You know, I I think I'm so funny to, like, tell my husband about the plot of the book when (laughs) I know he doesn't care and isn't listening. So I'll just be like, you'll never guess what happened today in The Surrogate Mother. So our last book was The Surrogate Mother. And like the subtext on the cover was, you want a baby. She wants your life. And this cover is so cheese. It's the images. I've seen it. It's by Frida McFadden. We're in the Frida McFans Facebook. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's we? You Me, and the baby Jared inside and Jill. Oh, okay. And the baby. So anyway, her whole genre is just wives who kill their husbands. And we're just plowing through all of her books. There's so many. They're so quick to read. So the other night I was reading in bed and keep in mind for anyone who forgot, I'm very, very pregnant right now. So it's probably 1 a.m. and I just gasp like, and my husband wakes up and he definitely thought I was in labor. He's like, what happened? I'm like, Gertie is Monica's mom. (laughs) And he said, good day to you and rolled over and went back to sleep. He's not getting killed. What a good man. Yeah. But if anyone wants to join our book club, if you're interested in wives killing their husbands, it's really good. And then whenever he like glances over at my book, it's like I stabbed him with a letter opener. (laughs) I don't get the obsession with it all. It's just fun. I don't know. Who wants to read boring stuff? It feels better than watching true crime documentaries about real things that are actually depressing these days. No. Oh, no. This is fan fiction. I thought it was true crime like – like nonfiction. No. First of all, this one was about a lady who worked at an ad agency and it was just driving me and Jill nuts. Gertie couldn't work a fax machine. Like, what are you doing working a fax machine in 2020 at an ad agency? So unrealistic. Gotta get your facts straight. In real news, what is happening this week, Jess, bud? Just too busy laughing at my own joke. All right. If you are advertising on Meta, this probably is not news to you at this point. But for those of you who are not working in the platform, A bug in Facebook ads caused some major overspending over the weekend. Taylor Holiday tweeted on Sunday, we are experiencing one of the largest Facebook overspend issues I have ever seen, working on gathering more information and action now, but please check your accounts. Thank you, Taylor, for the heads up. So according to social media today, some advertisers reported CPMs up 200 200 to 500% versus the previous day. All ad performance metrics were also affected, and other advertisers reported that their ad sets were exceeding daily set budgets with no way to limit the damage. 
And it doesn't really look like it was money well overspent either. Um, Jake the Ad Nerd at Jake the Ad Nerd on Twitter said, This is the most egregious I've ever seen. Some of our portfolio hit 50,000 by 8 a.m. Pacific time with absolutely zero traffic driven. So something was up, definitely a bug. And by the end of the day, Meta had fixed the problem and the ad delivery system was once again functioning as normal. They claimed that they were going to communicate with impacted ad account managers directly in the coming days. I know it's only been like three days um, at the time of recording, but advertisers are not feeling communicated with. So Mike McMahon tweeted that what's truly crazy is that even today, and today being April 25th, so a couple days after this happened, says if you open a chat with at Meta for Business Support, most of the reps appear to have no clue that there is a system-wide oh overspend bug. God. Yeah. He said they are learning about it for the first time from us. So advertisers are reaching out. Support has no idea what is happening, but at least we have nice memes coming out of this. And they're kind of in the Twitter vein. So Gil David has a picture of Mark Zuckerberg with a cell phone. And it just says, Zuck, after laying off all the meta PR team, chat GPT, write me an urgent apology to all our advertisers offering a $0.069 refund. So less than 69 cents. This is crazy, though. I feel like bugs happen, right? But the fact that they're not – that their support reps don't know, that they haven't let people know about this – how are you supposed to help people? And then you're going to say that you're communicating with them, but you're not. I just – that's like – it doesn't bode well. I used to think Facebook support was like the biggest joke in the industry and luckily I don't have to use it anymore. But Google Ads now, theirs is just hidden all the time. So yeah, well, it's bad everywhere. It's, it's really bad. I just – this is – I mean it's a huge deal, right? So if you saw any overspending, I guess reach out to a rep. Reach out to support. Let them know this is happening so somebody can fix it. Yeah, send them this clip so they know it's happening. Unbelievable that they don't know. Maybe they listened to the show so they just didn't get the news yet. They're waiting for Friday. Maybe. I just I, – I, I look back fondly at the time where people made products you wanted to use. You that know? was a nice time. That was a really nice time. Mm -hmm. What else is happening, Shep? Twitter had a big announcement this week. I think this is an email that advertisers got and it said, hello, starting April 21st, your at account must have a verified check mark or subscribe to either Twitter Blue or verified organizations to continue running ads on Twitter. Business accounts spending in excess of $1,000 a month already have gold checks or will soon and they'll continue to enjoy access to advertising without interruption at this time. Then it continued, amongst other features, you'll have more visible organic presence and a br broader range of creation tools. We're excited for you to get started and benefit from a superior Twitter experience. So basically, if you don't want to pay the $8 a month for verification and you're a business, you need to spend $1,000 a month in ad spend, which is cutting out a lot of small businesses, or I guess for the gold check mark, it costs $1,000 anyway. Yeah, an organization, if you're trying to be certified, or I guess verified, mm -hmm. you need, it's $1,000 and then $50 for every associated account to that organization. That's the So cost. you have to pay to pay them more to run ads. But it seems like you do get the gold check if you were previously spending $1,000. That's nice, I guess. But you're, yeah. if you're a small business, you probably aren't. Well, then – because if you only have to pay $8 for it, then I, I understand yeah. it. It's like, all right, that makes sense. But if you're saying 
you have to spend a thousand dollars just to try advertising that no way, shape or form is that going to fly for anybody. That would be really, really, really uncool. Yeah. And it's like Elon, the whole time you're just talking about how ads stink and how people see less and less ads. And now you wanted me to pay a thousand dollars to get verified just so then I could give you more of my money to something that you don't even care about because you don't like ads and you think they're the plague. And it's an unusable ad platform. Mm -hmm. So I'm just yeah. going to give myself a headache the whole time. You're going to sell less ads. Okay, so they got to make that money back somewhere, right? So the next part of this story about Twitter this week is they started making good on the promise to remove blue check marks from formerly ver verified accounts that did not switch to Twitter blue starting on Thursday, April 20th. So people's check marks went away. Everyone was making jokes about it. Then over the weekend, some accounts got their blue check marks back. But at that point, all these celebrities are like talking a big game about how it would be so uncool to pay for Twitter blue. So now all the celebrities are going out of their way to be like, we did not pay for this. And it <laughs> like just spiraled from there. So MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology tweeted, they just said, we did not subscribe to Twitter blue. Like you need to make a PSA about it. And the issue is the verbiage that happens when you like click on somebody's link. For many people, it says because they subscribed to Twitter Blue and they verified their phone number. Yeah. And so that's where some people are taking umbrage is like, I didn't pay for this. But it seems like anybody with one million or more followers was able to retain their check mark if you were had a check mark in the past. And to be extra creepy, there are some deceased celebrities mm -hmm. who have more than one million followers. And they got their blue check marks back. And then it says that same message. This account is verified because they are subscribed to Twitter Blue and verified their phone number. And some of these are like dormant accounts. It said Michael Jackson, Chadwick Boseman, Kobe Bryant, Barbara Walters, Anthony Bourdain, and Paul Walker. It all said they were subscribed to Twitter Blue and they got their blue check mark back. And people because like, their what? phone was verified. If yeah. somebody verified Kobe or like Norm MacDonald's phone number. That did not happen. No. Um, some other funny things about it. Neil deGrasse Tyson tweeted, this past week, my blue check mark disappeared for a few days and then reappeared today. The universe brims with mysteries. Love that. Doja Cat has a really strong stance on it. She said, having a blue tick now means there's a higher chance that you're a complete loser and that you're desperate for validation from famous people. Says a blue check. I know. Well, she, apparently know. she's not paying for I it. I know. Ian McKellen said, despite the implication when you click the blue badge that has mysteriously reappeared beside my name, I'm not paying for the honor. And then I guess Bette Midler is like a big Twitter lady. I didn't know this about her, but she's like always tweeting about politics and stuff. She's very, very active on there. Um, so she said, yes, Elon gave me my blue check, but I didn't pay for it. Does that make me a good guy or a bad guy? I'm so confused. So far, only 400 people have signed on to get their blue checks. Guess Twitter's going through an unscheduled disassembly, too. Later, she said, Elon Musk has unverified me again. I guess he didn't like my gag. And then she changed her profile picture to the blue check mark. I love that. She's really involved in this. <laughs> Bette Midler Such is hilarious. <laughs> Don't people have things to do? Not her, apparently. <laughs> So her profile picture is the blue check mark, but he did take it away again. And if anyone is trying to stay up to date, I guess Greg Finn is one of those lucky people who had over a million followers. Because no, I didn't. Because he <laughs> tweeted on April 26th, 
Ma, I made it. Finally got a blue check. What a feeling. It's been such a long time coming. And why did you hashtag SEO? Um, just to get him. You know, there's a lot of people on, over there that are like, some people, it's like your entire personality is like, I'm anti-blue check. It's just so weird. Like, it's just, it's very. I just figured if you're trying, you know, the people who are being so mad about it are like the people who already have these big fallings. If you're trying to like make a name for yourself, build up your marketing podcast. Yeah, I have to tweet the stuff. If I can save, if I don't have to cut every character down, if I can edit tweets, and if I can get more engagement, I'm gonna do it. Fine. Doja Cat's mad at you. I'm I sorry. didn't have a check blue check mark though for like four or five days. How did you live? Pretty easy. Actually, <laughs> like I don't care. And for the record, this is a much better system. There is a little bit of delay when you do sign up for it. But now anybody that wants to can go ahead and be certified and then not change your name verified. and not jump verified, not change your name and not try to like dupe people. It's a much better system than what it was before where you had to like be part of a, a an editorial uh, place like I was or, or be notable or whatever. So this is much better. I don't understand. People just complain about everything. They complained about the last version. People are complaining about this version. Don't use it or use it. It's fine. Yeah. And if somebody wants to use it, good. If somebody doesn't want to use it, great. I don't care. I don't. I, I couldn't care less about what your personal opinions are on Twitter below. Hashtag SEO. <laughs> what else is happening, Greg? All right. We have some news from Alphabet, the holding company of Google and YouTube. And in their latest financial results this week, they found out, or I guess we all found out, that YouTube ads revenue was down 2.6% in Q1 2023 versus Q2 2022. That is an absolutely absurd thing that can happen. Somehow, Google found out a way to make less money on what should be the most popular thing in the world. Can you honestly believe that What they... about all the shorts ads? Yeah, I feel like... no. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to address that. Yeah. Really? I thought that you we're were fishing that. for that. Okay. No, it's just, they have done everything they can to run this thing into the ground. <clears throat> They're like, uh, their stock dropped. They're trying to get you to sign up for premium and things that don't have ads. There's no cohesive strategy around anything that they're doing out there. And yeah, of course your revenue is going to go down. You're not trying. They're trying. But, trying but, the wrong okay, things. Okay, so here. They're trying the wrong things. things. Listen to this. So that happened, and there's an announcement now about a new ad type, okay? okay? You can now showcase your brand adjacent to music popular with Gen Z across devices and formats, including long-form audio and YouTube shorts. We're going to make it easier to reach Gen Z audiences, ages 18 to 24, with the introduction of new AI-powered music ad solutions that will get your brand in front of trending music, such as music from headliner Blackpink. These will be available across devices and formats, including long-form audio and coming soon YouTube shorts. So you don't AI-powered, you're not picking the song maybe? You're picking Gen Z songs that are trending to be popular using AI so that you can market your music alongside of people listening to video that contains popular music. What? What are we doing? Maybe you should make it so that 
somebody can play YouTube when their screen closes and not make that a premium version. Imagine how much more ad revenue you're going to get from that. You dopes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't so anyway, they go on to say, to align your brand with the music most popular with Gen Z at the moment, we're launching the Gen Z Music Package, available now for long form and audio. It leverages AI-powered signals across YouTube to identify songs trending with Gen Z so you can reach them with the music they know and love. The opportunity to reach Gen Z doesn't end there. This audience uses short-form video to participate in pop culture, discover new hits, and engage with their favorite musical artists. YouTube Shorts has amassed over 1.5 billion monthly logged-in users and over 50 billion daily views. That's why in coming months, we'll be piloting trending music on Shorts for advertisers. This is just such a very specific solution for a very specific use case. It's also written so poorly. If the thing starts out and it's like an ode to Coachella, you read it and it's like, Coachella is one of the music's largest stages for those unable to make it to the desert in person. YouTube was a place, like, tell me what the ad type is. Tell me how I can use this. This is giving the meme of the guy with the skateboard who says, greetings, fellow kids. Oh, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) The guy. (laughs) Anyway, there's this new type of ad on YouTube that you can do. And nobody wants to. <laughs> I, I just feel understand. like there should be more with this. How can I reach other people and I in different ways? I feel like Coachella just paid them for this. Some, it's very weird. Coachella to me. got two blank performances, so I'm not Gen Z. Or maybe here's something you could do: you can build in like an influencer portal or something, and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, you've got a thousand subscribers. Do you want to push one of these offers? Okay, cool. Here it is. Here's time when it begins, time when it ends." Here's how much somebody paid. We're going to take 30% of it. And then people that are creators can then use YouTube more. Brands can then put more advertising in with natural things that are like influencer-based ad types. And everything is nice. Or we can just make AI-targeted black pink music detection. One or the other. (laughs) Yours sounds way less smart. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from the Umalt channel over on YouTube. And apparently they do B2B video creation for brands. And you should hire them because they came up with a GA4 parody trailer titled sunset <laughs> and it's sort of like uh, i guess it's like the last last of us i tried to start watching this i'm just falling asleep now in it but it's a look at the new migration to ga4 and there's a bunch of really funny lines in there what's the difference between universal analytics and ga4 no one knows you should check it out sunset by a ga4 parody trailer look it up or head on over to community.marketingclock.com to see it in our discord now it's time for this week's i see why am i i see why am i people this is something you just might not have seen maybe something that you overlooked but you shouldn't have i see why am i people twitter is not the only platform playing around with verification badges 
Google has been playing around with this a bit too. We've talked about it in the past. People are seeing blue check marks on ads in the wild as part of the verification program that they're doing in Google ads. And this week, people are seeing gold ones, Barry Shorts reported. So who knows how it'll turn out. We've got too many badges. I know. And why is it like zigzagged like the Twitter one too? It looks exactly like it and it's the same colors. Same colors, yeah. Can nobody just be original? I don't know if you know. Everybody just copies and rips off the other person. Yeah. More coming on that soon. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, Google Ads sent out an email that was kind of asking people to opt into auto-applied recommendations and a bunch of really smart people tweeted it and read it as thinking that they were already opted in because it was worded so poorly as all Google communication is. (laughs) So just so you know, if you got this email, this is a PSA, you're probably not opted into auto-applied recommendations. You should check your settings all the time to double check. But Ginny said, to clarify, this is opt-in only. You don't have to take any action to opt out and no accounts will be opted in unless you choose to enable them. So it's not time to panic yet. That's my only story. Okay, that's it for paid. Can you believe it? No. What's happening in organic? <clears throat> it all came to me, and we're going to start here on Bing, as Bing search results are getting a site name in Favicon, much like we saw with Google. So uh, that's really about it. If you have any questions on that, check out G Squared Interactive. Glenn Gabe has like a nine-point you know, way to make sure things show up correctly. And if it's still not showing up correctly... Google has a super hidden form that you can use. You just this is why you need to follow Glenn Gabe. These things are impossible to find unless you like know exactly where to look. So John Mueller, who is a Googler, but his Twitter name is Giovanni Mew Official Hashtag Stapler Life. When did he do that? I That's don't new. Know. What is no, Stapler no Life? No, what happened no, to the rat? No comment. So he said he saw some posts and he put this um, submit feedback about site names in Google search. This has happened to some clients of ours. I went through that post about Glenn Gabe's um, that he had talked about. I made a couple extra changes as well with the client and was able to fix the site name problem in about four weeks time. But if you have an issue, you can go try to find this form. Don't go look for the search liaison. The search liaison has an account to communicate to the community. No mention of that on there. Small biz, no mention of that on there. Anywhere you look, you can't find it unless you go to Giovanni Mew, official stapler life, to find this. And Danny Sullivan uses Twitter, tweeting about Star Trek and everything on his personal. And then there's tweets on the search liaison, but there's no other way to find this. That's ridiculous, and I think four weeks is a really, really long time to fix that problem, too. It is. It should not be that hard. Really long time, especially if you're Salesforce. The CMO of Salesforce had to go in and had the same problem that we had with the site name not showing correctly, even though the schema was correct. Google was spelling Salesforce, sales space, capital force. And the CMO said the error is extremely damaging to our brand and had to go dive into the muck of the help documentation. 
I've been telling them, I've t- said this, Glenn's tried to help a bunch. The site name thing is broken. You should be allowed to use Search Console to update your site link, your site name. There needs to be a better way than Google randomly deciding what your site name is going to be and taking something like Salesforce, a multi-billion dollar company, and hacking that up. And our client that you helped went through a major rebrand like over a year ago and it had a totally different name and it was showing the old brand name. Like it was a big problem. And we're advertising under one name and then this old brand name is showing up out of nowhere. And so damaging. It really is. So go find the Giovanni Mew official stapler life link there. Again, it's not over on Search Liaison, unfortunately. But I'll tweet it out for you. And I have, and Glenn Gabe, that's why you follow it. Okay, OpenAI has previewed a new business plan for chat GPT and is also launching new privacy controls. So this subscription is for enterprise consumers. So I think like it was getting bogged down earlier and there was, I believe it was the fastest growing software as a service uh, software ever out there that was chat GPT plus. So it was $20 a month and it got 100 million monthly active users in January after just two months. So this is going to be one step above it. Plus was just a extended version. This is going to be enterprise level. And additionally with chat GPT, users can now turn off chat history. So uh, the conversations that you start can be disabled and not used to train the models anymore. So you can just kind of turn that off, which is cool. So if you need the enterprise version, it is coming to a chat GPT near you. Speaking of Glenn Gabe, he has a tweet saying, and there you go, the April reviews update is done rolling out. And this was on April 25th. And he goes on to say, and what an update it's been. Lots of volatility, especially late. So the Pearl Crabs update is now over. From Barry Schwartz over on Search Engine Roundtable, there was a lot more hullabaloo on page experience, and Google has come out and made some changes to the guidance around uh, what is considered helpful. Barry's got a great uh, post on it, but he goes on to pull this quote from Google saying, you need to provide a great page experience. Google's core ranking systems look to reward content that provides good page experience. Site owners seek to be successful with our system should not focus on only one or two aspects of page experience. Instead, check if you're providing overall great page experience across many aspects. Seems like a SEO trying to SEO this thing for page experience wrote this. Awesome. And they also added more onto the EEAT. Um, but people were up in arms because in Search Console... Google has stated they're going to drop the page experience report, the mobile usability report, and the mobile-friendly tests. So they're saying you need to be active across multiple types of page experience, but in Search Console, they're then removing three major reports. Thanks. You will still be able to see it in the Lighthouse tools, but I actually like the the implementation in Search Console. We just went through a training. I'm like, here are some other cool things you can do right in Search Console with your site. As you can see, these things... This was like a week and a half ago. And Retract now, that training. Yes. Scrap that. Do that anymore. I don't understand why you get rid of it. It's already there. Right. It's, leave it's it. fine. Just leave it in. Okay. So on to Google Bard. There was a scathing article over on Bloomberg about 
Google Bard AI chatbot and some of the thoughts from Googlers. And I'm going to read this verbatim here. Shortly before Google introduced Bard, its AI chatbot, to the public in March, it asked employees to test the tool. One worker's conclusion, Bard was a, quote, pathological liar, unquote, <laughs> according to screenshots of the internal discussion. Another called it cringeworthy. One employee wrote that when they asked Bard suggestions for how to land a plane, it regularly gave advice that would lead to a crash. Another said it gave answers on scuba diving, which would likely result in serious injury or death. We should not be asking these questions, though. I agree, but... I'm just saying. Where do they draw the line? Well, I'm not asking anyone how to fly a plane. I'm not flying a plane. Scuba diving is dangerous. That That's dangerous because people might just try to do things. But where do you get a plane from? If you I have to ask the, Google. I think the context is that if you're trying to give advice on how to do something and it is the exact opposite, you might want to not let this untrained thing out there because when mm. people do ask, there are very mundane questions that could lead in death, right? Okay. Like if you say, hey, can I drink as much distilled water as I want or something like that? Can you? No, I think it like sucks all the vitamins out of you and you die. Really? I think so. Because there's nothing in it? Maybe it's alkaline Oh, I think it's demineralized water. Never heard of such a thing. Nobody orders that still or sparkling. I'll take demineralized. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what it's for. So I think if you have too much demineralized water. But the article goes on to say that they rushed the rollout, and in February, one employee raised issues in an internal message group saying, Bard is worse than useless. Please do not launch. The note was viewed by nearly 7,000 people, many of whom agreed that AI tools' answers were contradictory or even egregiously wrong on simple, factual queries. Still got launched, though. Still got launched. I guess please isn't the magic word. No. So, very interesting look there. The average daily hours spent on an app is now up in the U.S. It is now close to five hours a day. That's a lot of time. And we don't know what apps it is? There are some, like, there. It's not YouTube. (laughs) No, Data AI has a bunch more, like, consumer spend, downloads, games, stuff like that. So if you want more, you can see it. But um, just a note on some of the app targeting and app ads even. So from a former Googler, at Headley, Joel Headley, on Twitter, Google My Biz gave a response to Mike Blumenthal as Mike Blumenthal found the spammiest listing out there and said, hey, this is a spammy listing, essentially. Google My Biz responded saying, thanks for reaching out. If you'd like to report business profiles you believe are fake and ineligible, please report them here. For more help, reach out to our support team. And then the former Googler said, ugh, let me tell you how to do this job. Respond with, you're right. This is spam. I fixed it. Then looks like the original report was missed. And we're going to find the root cause and fix that too. This response is so toned up to the problems faced by business owners. As is everything that comes Thank from this goodness. account. And Mike Blumenthal responded to this and said, Haha, it's your spam, not my spam. Part and parcel of large review networks that you should be able to suss out. Google my biz. To explain my skepticism, I did report the fake review network that this business is in, and two of the businesses are part of the same network that formed about three weeks ago and nothing was done. So we put the form in, nothing happened, called it out, and they're like, oh, won't you fill out the form? So your forms don't work and you don't care. There you go. Bing Chat is getting better at news questions and is minimizing no response answers. That's awesome. 
chat and Bing is great. If you're not using Edge, check it out. It is a much better, it is a great experience if you want conversational search. It's baked right in, in the upper right hand. And lastly, Google Bard can now help you code. So if you're in need of a recursive loop, I'm sure that Google Bard can help you there. And that's it in organic, what's happening in social bud. I feel like I was supposed to laugh at that, but I don't know what that means. First up in social this week, Twitter. We've just been starting this way every damn week. Twitter removes state-affiliated and government-funded media labels. So that controversial label that we've been talking about forever, appears to have been removed completely, not just from the NPRs of the world, but from actual state media outlets as well, such as Russia Today. And speaking of labels, if you remember last week, we talked about the new labels from Twitter safety on tweets, not accounts, tweets that had limited visibility that was being enforced as part of their crackdown on hateful content and all that jazz. As of April 24th, those are now live. They said no censorship, no shadow banning, but yes, freedom of speech, not reach. Our new labels are now live. Also live, the prioritization of content from verified accounts. Elon Musk tweeted, verified accounts are now prioritized on April 25th. So if you have that blue check, paid for it or not, you are going to (laughs) start to see that organic boost. All right. So moving on, the kids are still using Snapchat, I think. And they apparently have no love for the machine. According to TechCrunch, the platform is seeing a spike in one-star reviews as users pan the My AI feature calling for its removal. So the article makes a point that's very similar similar to that famous line from the dinosaur movie you guys may have seen. Um, companies are weighing how to integrate AI into their business, not if they should integrate AI into their business. Do you guys know? Heather knows what I'm talking about. Heather, our, our Jurassic content Park. writer. Yes. We were just talking about this the other day. I forgot um, this guy. He plays the fly. What is his name? Jeff Goldblum. Thank you. His character says, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could do it, they didn't stop to think if they should. I just think that's such a good quote. It's great. It's a great quote. And it applies here to AI. Um, So this is nice. LinkedIn is testing a new custom button feature for premium subscriber profile. So premium, but still, it's a custom button for your profile to drive viewers to visit your website, request a demo, and more basically to engage your audience and bring you closer to opportunities, they say. But that would be really nice if you could have a link in your profile and get people get people in. All right. A new study from later has revealed that Instagram is the most profitable platform for sponsored posts, but only like 500 or so creators were surveyed. So take it for what it is. But if you are in the content game, you can check out the full report for more details on why it's the most profitable as well as how other platforms stack up. And we'll have the link for you community.marketingclock.com if you're doing that. And we are going to end social with a little segment that I'm going to call In Other Birds, a recap of the latest Twitter alternatives for you to ignore. Get it? In other words? In other birds? Get it. Did you say to ignore them or did this article? Oh, I'm saying that. Okay. (laughs) Don't ignore me. Listen to what I'm saying and then do what you will with the information. First is from Meta, if you've ever heard of them. The standalone network for text updates that they teased about a month or so ago is called Barcelona. Alessandro Paluzzi found something that essentially called itself the Instagram for your thoughts. It's moving ahead. There's not a lot of details on this, but it's definitely a thing. They are definitely working on it. More to come, hopefully, as this thing rolls out or not. Mark Traphagen said, I just joined Spoutable, which looks like a much more user-friendly alternative to Twitter than Mastodon. That is Spoutable with an I, not an A, if you want to check that out. And I signed up for that. I got Greg Finn there. 
Did you? Are you yeah, the other ones? I don't need the decentralized. None of that decentralized stuff is going to work. You don't think Meta is going to make it work? <clears throat> I mean, anything decentralized isn't. I'm not even on Twitter. So speaking of Twitter and Google, vets are behind this project T2. You may have heard of it is rolling out its first set of invites. Apparently, they've had a wait list, and now they're actually inviting a small test community to get in there. So give us a shout if you're on that and get to play with it. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. For me this week, I am the queen of snoozing Slack messages. So I'll get a Slack message and I just got to take a peek, but I can't act on it right now because I'm in the middle of something else. So I always had the option to remind me about it later, but then I would just get another notification that I'd go back to check again and have to snooze it again. So now they're keeping them all in a folder that's called safe for later, I think. And I really like it because they're all in there and like the notification doesn't go away until I press complete and it's more like a task. So I've been loving it. What about uh, you, Jess? I hate it. Hardly <laughs> working for me because it's not in my face enough. And then everything's there. Like I'm going to scroll through it. Like I have it notify me for a reason. It would be nice if I could have an option to keep it the old way. I really hate I'm it. I'm forgetting disagree. so many things. Yeah. But we all hate huddles, so. Heck with those. <laughs> Heck with huddles, right? Okay, I need to update. I guess demineralized water isn't an issue. <laughs> but I just went to Bard and I asked, can I jump over a moving car? And it said it is possible to jump over a moving car, but it's very dangerous. And only should be attempted by experienced athletes. There are a few things you need to do to order to increase your chances of success. Make sure you have a good running start. The faster you're moving, the more distance you can cover in your jump. You jump at a 45-degree angle. You keep your head down, your eyes focused on the ground to keep you staying on track and avoiding obstacles. And you need to practice, practice, practice. The more you practice, the better you'll become at jumping over moving cars. So or you're dead. <laughs> yeah. If there's any professional stunt people that are also marketers and listening, I would love to know if that 45-degree angle is at all accurate. Please don't try that on the Instagram story this week. <laughs> I am not going to. Uh, but something working hard for me, we've got a new uh, uh, e-commerce marketer here, Raja, who has been helping to migrate a whole bunch of different feeds over to different platforms. Um, it's just awesome to be able to have somebody helping out and doing some advanced work like that. And it's great. It's just great to have good people. Love that. So working hard. Raja, working hard. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is a how-to that you can read now to glean insights from Impression Share to boost PBC performance. From Anthony Tedesco for Search Engine Land, it's an article explaining Impression Share as well as related metrics, how to calculate them at scale, and then analyze said metrics to uncover areas of opportunity in your account. It's great. It's really in-depth. So read up, PPC practitioners, and Impression. Share it with your buddies. As always, we will have the link in our newsletter at marketingclock.com slash newsletter as well as on Discord, community.marketingclock.com. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Patty Galloway, at PattyG96 on Twitter. 
And Patty's got sort of like a Kirk Goldsberry chart about YouTube shorts here. And he says, we've studied 3.3 billion views to decode YouTube shorts algorithm. What makes a short viral? How much money can they make? Are they actually good for growth? Here are our findings. He goes through to look at some of the length, and it seems like the length of the short, the longer the better. It's actually a shorter short is not more helpful. Goes on to talk about the viewed versus swiped away and that it is actually worth paying attention to. So you really want to have a punchy and engaging hook is what he was saying to make sure people are into the video and not just swiping away. And you want to treat that intro like a thumbnail. It's just a really good thread from Patty. So head on over to community.marketingclock.com to get that link or marketingclock.com forward slash newsletter if you want it in your inbox weekly. Thanks, Patty. And now on to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Jess, what will you be adding this week? I am adding the dance anthem, I Come With Knives by IMX. That sounds so dancey. I will be adding You're On Your Own Kid by Taylor Swift. Sorry, I'm just, I am who I am. Greg? I thought I added this before, but it wasn't in the playlist, so I'm going to do it. I heard on Last of Us or whatever that show was I was talking about before, like the spoof of the GA trailer, um, Retrograde by James Blake. Did I ever do that one before? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I feel like you would like that one. I like Retrograde by Margaret Rogers. Okay. I like Retrograde by Mercury. <laughs> Interesting. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. We miss you already. And we can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot the Heck. We're after our Famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... (laughs) Shoot the heck. Didn't really confirm we were recording, but nobody stopped me. So I think we're good. Uh, Greg Finn has a game for us today. I've been assured it's everyone's favorite game. Two types of people. Yep. We list something out and the answer is binary. You either do one thing or the other thing. And we're going to find out where everybody falls. What type of person are you out of the two types? Okay. Two types of people. Mm-hmm. Somebody that looks at a tree and immediately thinks about how to climb the tree or somebody that doesn't, just looks at the tree and doesn't even consider climbing a tree. Shep? I would it's. I'm always in the middle. This isn't a real two type. This 100% is. A lot of trees are truly unclimbable, but I'm not I'm not saying I walk around and I don't ever look at a tree okay, and a think tree to myself, that, that that's climbable. a nice okay. climbable tree. But let's say it's a tree that is climbable. Everybody knows what that is. I'm a climber then. Like, not like, let's right say it's now. Not, let's <laughs> say it's not like just sheer pole, right? But like you could climb that tree. Do you look at that tree and think about how to climb that tree? Never. I Never. rarely act on it anymore, but I, I climbed some trees back in my day. Table. thought crosses your mind? If you see a tree that would be climbable, when you look at it, do you immediately assess how to climb it or no? No, not anymore. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I, I immediately think about how I'm getting on top of that thing. I don't think about all the way to the top, but I'm like, where would my entry point be? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Two kinds of people. No. All right. There's two types of people. People that either love gum rubber soles on shoes or people that hate gum rubber soles on shoes. I don't know what that is. Do you mean the color? 
Yeah, you know what and I mean. It's like that. It's like that. It's, it's like um, that brown brownish. They do call it gum. I think. Yeah, it's gum rubber. If you rubber. order that, yeah. yeah. No, you like that? I don't think I like it, but I also am not entirely sure what it is. It's. It's I'll definitely a masculine look. thing. I don't like it on a lady's shoe, and I wear Vans, which are unisex, so I always steer away from that. I feel like it's okay for a dude. Okay. I love gum rubber shoes. Oh. It, it just gets it no. gets kind of like dirtier faster, but I love the look of gum rubber shoes. Love them. You like the dirty look? Because I feel no, like no, you, no, you no. can't I really like, tell. I like out-of-the-box gum rubber shoes. I just mm. love that, that weird... Weird brownish. Look. It does look like you could chew on it, yeah, which yeah. is nice. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I wouldn't wear it, but I, I'd bite it. Must be why they call it gum. <laughs> okay, we might have done this before, but we're going to do it again. If you're drinking tea, there's two types of people. It's never in the history happened where one person has gone the other way and the other person has gone back. Are you the type of tea drinker? And that's we're talking about cold tea. The oh, drink- cold tea. Iced tea, like a okay, tea, okay. not yeah, hot yeah. tea. Okay. That drinks tea with just tea, no sugar, or all the sugar in the world tea, Iced like sweet tea? tea. Yeah. But there's like, you could have a, an unsweetened lemon tea. That's lovely. Right. There's no sugar in that, correct? Okay. So you're sweet tea or an unsweetened tea? Sweet person. tea or unsweetened I would never like tea. take a spoon of sugar and sweeten it. But if that brisk raspberry is on the menu, so it could tempt tea. me. Okay, so you like sweet tea. But I like the unsweetened too. You, you keep trying no, to put no. me in a box. If you have an option for sugar tea and unsugar tea. Right now I'm eating whatever I want. So I'd go for the <laughs> raspberry brisk. No. What about you? Bitter all day. Yeah. Don't give me sweet tea. I don't want that. Don't do it. No. No. Okay. Here's another one. Somebody that, in, in the, the disclaimers, you have to have a sunroof. Okay. Okay. Somebody. So that's already two okay. kinds of people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But there are people, like even if you rent a car or whatever, there are people that have a sunroof and never open it up or never use it or never even look at it. They keep that cover on it all the time. Even if I know somebody that, yeah, yeah. You pay more for it. Go, go on. Um, even in the summer, they, they, they just keep it closed like it's a closed roof. Or do you open your sunroof? Open. I love a sunroof. Yeah. Open in the rain. I don't care. I love I'm it. I'm a sunroof too. You put yeah. your hand up like whenever possible. Woo! Yeah. There's somebody that I'm in a car with quite frequently. <gasps> never open. You're kidding. Never even sees the sun. Why? Don't ask me. That's, do we stop caring about Table's opinion? He's been on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking up, up what gum sun. rubber was. <laughs> and last up, somebody that either wears turtlenecks or does not wear turtlenecks. I love a turtleneck. Okay, got you. I don't feel like that's a one or the other. Like a tight turtleneck? No thanks. But like a chunky sweater neck? No. Is that considered a, a turtleneck? No, that's a that's a sweater. I'm With talking a about chunky. like a turtleneck, like a like a tight, yeah. tight long sleeve. Mm, feels nice, but I, don't, I look stupid in them. No, I don't like it. You were, I've never seen you in a turtleneck shop. I'm not against them, certainly. Mm. I have one that I like layer under things sometimes. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Then there's some older ladies who like make it their whole personality. Of course. Like they wear a turtleneck under anything. That is not me. You're not an older lady. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay, well, let us know which type of person you are. Are you a turtleneck wearer? We'd love to know. And we'll see you next week.